The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, Connor, who describes himself as a mathematics undergraduate and tutor, he says, I don't buy the argument that people can't do maths or that it's not for me. That argument is usually rooted in bad foundation from an early age. It's like a language. Anyone can learn it if you give it enough time and effort. Well, we might get Luke O'Neill to research that for us, the scientific basis uh, for that, uh, because it's amazing how the little Greek children can learn Greek and the little German children can learn German, all those complicated languages, uh, and we find it difficult. So there you are. Anyway, Luke, we want to talk about the mouse with two dads. We do. This is a startling story, Pat, isn't it? Can you imagine if this turns into a thing for humans? It's mice that start with us, not humans. They've managed to get two dads to have a baby, which is incredible science, really, isn't it? How do they do it? Well, that's the big mystery. So it's a Japanese group who've been working on fertilisation for decades and it's all about IVF and infertility, right? And what they did was they took a male cell from a mouse, right? Now remember, a male cell has an X and a Y chromosome. That's yeah. what makes it a male cell. A female is XX, as you probably know, right? They got the XY cell, took out the Y chromosome, removed it from the cell, right? Yeah. Stuck in another X and now they've made that cell female, if you know what I mean. Uh, but an X from uh, they borrowed the same, a, a borrowed yeah, X. From, 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 remember, us, us men have an X and a Y in our cells, yeah. you see. So all that makes a difference is we we got one Y. So they, they swapped a Y with an X, basically. They have a double X cell now, right? Yeah, and it's the same genetic material yeah. uh, of, of the, 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 the parent. parent. Precisely. Yeah. And then they did something very clever, Pat. They, they removed the X again. They differentiated that cell back into being an egg. So here we have another amazing thing. They took a male cell to turn it back into an egg, as it were, with two yeah. X, with one X. Eggs only have one X, remember. The yeah. egg only has a single X. Then they got a sperm and they fertilised that and the Y went in and made an XY and that little that little thing was born, as, as a, in that case, as a male. You know. How, how was the baby mouse? Well, very healthy. Now, the trouble is that there's, there's a bit, there's a few, it's tricky to do for, for obvious reasons. You know, it's not very efficient. They had 600 embryos, only seven survived. Seven of the six hundred, yeah. But those seven were viable, implanted into a, a female mouse. Obviously, you still need a uterus for the egg yeah. to develop into into a female, and a baby mouse was born, normal, right? But and that mouse went on to breed. You know, in other words, it all worked yeah. very, very well. And you can do all this with mice because their breeding cycle is very rapid. Very, very rapid, exactly. Yeah. And then the time it takes to get the eggs in, in the right state in mice is quicker than in, in, in humans as well, which is another feature that might make it different in humans. But they're amazed that you start off with two males yeah. and you end up with a baby. But you still need a female to course, carry the baby, uh, the, the, the fetus. The rental womb kind of thing. Rental womb. You still need that. That hasn't been cracked yet. They also did something amazing. But they made what's called an ovary organoid. And there, there's a strange phrase for you. An ovary, ovary organoid. organoid. So once they'd, once they'd fertilised this male-female cell, they stuck it into an ovary outside the body and let it develop a little bit okay so they, they grow ovaries in a dish basically and that allowed to, that coaxed it as it were a little bit you know and then it was ready to implant into the into the uh, the, the female to allow the fetus to grow so they worked out this very complicated protocol really to, to, to start with two males and end up with an offspring Okay, so, so uh, we heard before about the notion that, uh, you know, two women would actually reproduce or maybe a woman would re- re- reproduce on her own without any of the men. We thought we might be redundant. Yep. But now you'll have the misogynist saying, should the lads can you well, know, generate the all the babies and we'll just use the women to, to rent yeah. their wombs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, what I like about this is there's, there's, there's a strange, types of infertility in women, obviously, so you can correct chromosomes in various ways ah. to, to, get, to get over infertility. They, they, this technology might be used there. And they call Turner syndrome. You can fix the, the X chromosomes now in Turner's potentially using this technology, you see, and that, that would allow that woman now to be fertilised anyway. So the guy who led it, he's a Japanese scientist, and his main reason was to correct X chromosomes anyway and manipulate them. You know? But as a, as a sort of a, a side effect of that was he's able to do this in the males. Now, w- what about in the female? I mean, can you 
Therefore, if there's a double X in the female, is there any way of finding a Y in the female that would give no, her an XY? No, the one thing we know that the females don't have Y at all. The, the, the defining feature of male versus female is the males have the Y and, and females have an XX. We have an XY, you see. So yeah. we, we half of our sex chromosomes are female, if you like. you know. And all that happened here was swap the Y out for an X. Yeah. And make so you can't do it for females. No, you can't do it for females. That's, that's, that's what they find as well. Yeah. But of course, remember, Pat, you can get a male or a female offspring as well. Sperm sometimes have an X or a Y. So if the sperm fertilizes with an X and you get an XX, that makes a female. If the sperm has a Y, then you get a male. You know, so it's possible for two males to have a male or a female offspring. If you see yeah. what I mean, and they showed that too. But they got male and female babies from this as well. So that was another part of it. What extraordinary thing! Isn't uh, it? Yeah. So the idea that uh, you know a male couple, for example, two gay men, yeah could have uh, a biological child belonging that, to that, them both. That was a conclusion that this scientist made. He said, ultimately, you know, it might be possible for two men to have a baby. And that, that, that's that's in the future, obviously. Now, when he was pressed on this, Pat, the Japanese scientist, he said, oh, it's about 10 years away. That's not, that's not rush that's, ahead of that's ourselves. That's not that far away. But, but it's, a bit, it's a breakthrough, Pat, because this has never been achieved before, obviously. If you're a scientist, it's fascinating. Isn't it? The two males can have a baby. That, that's yeah. a fascinating finding anyway. And now they know what to do. There's a drug called reverse scene, by the way, Pat, that they, they use as a kind of a secret sauce. And reversing managed to maintain the X chromosomes in the male cells. And that was a special sort of discovery, I suppose. And that reversing compound now could be used to maintain X chromosomes anywhere and make them more healthy, if you like, mm-hmm. is the idea. You know? So, again, that was another advance in this study. Yeah. Now, I was reading that there's an asteroid that's going to whiz past us uh, between the moon and uh, ourselves, actually, over the weekend. Not going to do any harm. Its trajectory is uh, predicted. But there's another asteroid story. There is. That life on Earth may have begun yeah. with the arrival of an asteroid. Now, this is a great discovery, Pat, in my opinion. What happened there was, again, it's Japanese. This morning, Pat, it's all Japanese science, isn't it? Japanese investigators took samples from an asteroid that was brought back to Earth. So they'd sent up a, a mission to, to explore Take an a asteroid. chunk of an asteroid. Take a chunk, bring a, a sealed it up in a container, brought it back to Earth and analysed it. Now, that's important because if you take an asteroid on the Earth, it could be contaminated with yeah. stuff on the Earth. This was a clean asteroid, right? And they found a fundamental building block of life on that asteroid, a thing called uracil. And if you're a biochemist like me, uracil is a very important building block for nucleic acids, for or, the RNA molecule, or our genes, basically. You know, RNA has this thing called uracil. And lo and behold, Eurosil was found on an asteroid. Now, the idea here would be maybe a billion years or four billion years ago, asteroids delivered these building blocks to Earth. You see what I mean? And those building blocks were here and they began there to form chemicals and life began to emerge. So the bottom line from this is maybe not so much extraterrestrial life, more chemicals for life may yeah. originate on things like asteroids. And that's what that's causing yeah. such excitement. But there's no way of kind of uh, researching backwards to find out the original Eurosil, whether it was no. delivered from outer space or whether or not we had it anyway. They, they had a focus on Eurosil. People work on the origin of life, but as a, as, a, as a subject, by the way, can we discover how life began scientifically? Yeah. And it was known Eurosil is a really important building block for life. And it's quite a complicated chemical. So could the Earth have made Eurosil through chemistry? Maybe it can, but this is really compelling. Maybe it came from outer space, as it were. And once Eurosil was here then, that could then form chemicals and eventually you get to RNA and then life then begins from that moment on, you mm-hmm. see. So it's causing a lot of excitement. They'd found Eurosil and asteroids on Earth before, but they 
were contaminants, you know what I mean, from yeah. the earth. This was pristine. It, it was collected. The, the Japanese had sent a robot up to scrape this asteroid, seal the stuff and bring it back to Earth, you see. So they think it's probably correct that th- okay, this so Eurosil. They didn't know necessarily what they were looking for, but they found Eurosil. Yeah, well, they, they knew that the, the idea, that there was always an idea there that these organic chemicals began on asteroids. They found things like amino acids already. So they kind of knew, that, let's look for some of these biochemicals yeah. and see if we can find them. And lo and behold, they found us that they're delighted because that mission costs a lot of money, yeah. by the way. You know? no, 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 we've been talking about life, uh, both uh, for the, the mouse with two dads and uh, the asteroid. A question that has intrigued me, um, is an egg, a human egg, a sp- life? Is a sperm life? Because the sperm swims. It does. Which it suggests does. that it's living. Oh, it's living for definite fact. Yeah, it is. And the egg? The egg is life as well. I mean, the trouble is that they can't live outside the body, though, of course. They're part of our organism, aren't mm. they? But while they're in the body, they're alive, which means they can divide and do various things. So we, we would define life in that way. The original cell that arose four billion years ago lived on its own or with its fellow cells and yeah. began dividing. You know, that, that's, that's the origin of life. But it's all yeah. based on cells. We're all descended, actually, from a single cell, probably. But, but the question, therefore, do we, should we have even more respect for the sperm and the egg Always. Currently have. Always respect the sperm, but that's a good message to send out, isn't it? <laughs> Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.